Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. Thanks for joining me on my podcast, Tell Me Something Good About Retail, where I interview some of the best entrepreneurs and retailers and people who deal with retail in a new and exciting podcast format each week. So join me live here, or you can also find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. Let's get going. I caught up with Deanna Renda, the founder of Naples Soap Company, to talk about how she started from humble beginnings as a nurse and trying to solve her child's skincare problems to building her network of 11 stores throughout Florida. Thanks for having me, Bob. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, I know you and your story so well. Um, uh, I always start off the podcast. Who are you and what do you have to do with retail? Oh my gosh, I live, eat, sleep, and breathe retail. <laughs> I am the owner and founder of Naples Soap Company, and uh, we are a, a very niche boutique chain in Florida. We have uh, 11 stores in the state of Florida, and we uh, carry our own brand of natural and organic bath and body products from bath bombs to body butters, uh, scrubs. Um, face products, soaps, you name it. And I know you're, again, I know that you are uh, busy and I don't remember 11 stores the last time we chatted. Um, you know, you started out from such a different background. You were a nurse, you had a child, you noticed that she's got um, a rash and the doctors are all saying more chemicals are the answer. And that's kind of the back door that you came into retail with, right? Yeah, I really took my experience. I started in 2009 with a little tiny um, 300 square foot store. And um, it was uh, kind of a several uh, epiphanies happening uh, simultaneously. My daughter had eczema and psoriasis and I've had eczema and psoriasis or my whole life. I'm sorry, my daughter had eczema. I have eczema and psoriasis. And um, I, wanted to, I wanted to open a little shop. I had been... Uh, working in the medical industry and I have, I was a nurse and I was working in medical sales and I really just was tired of it. And I had a friend of mine come to my house and uh, I said, you know, I'm thinking about opening a shop next to my girlfriend and over in this little um, kind of high tourist traffic area. And I don't know what my concept should be. And I've always loved retail. My first job was uh, in the men's department at JC Penney's when I was 15 oh years goodness. old. I know, right? <laughs> Scary. Yeah, scary. But I've worked in retail since I was 15 years old, uh, off and on. And I, I just love retail. Um, and so anyways, uh, a friend of mine that was there, he, he has um, some retail business as well. And he went in my bathroom and he came out and he said, how come you have so much damn lotion and soap and just stuff all in your bathroom. What are you doing? And I said, well, I've got eczema psoriasis and this one works and this one doesn't work. And this one's got shea butter in it, but I like the cocoa butter better, da, da, da. And so, you know, we started looking up and, um, you know, we looked up natural soaps and, and boom, that the concept was born. And he said, you know, always sell what you know, sell what you're passionate about. If you're passionate about something, you can sell anything as long yeah. as that you're interested in and that you have passion for. Great point. Yeah. So, so that was the genesis of it. So 300 square feet. I, I, I took a little tiny store. I didn't want to bite off more than I can chew. And I had customers coming in and 
um, I, I figured out, I had got a couple of manufacturers, started kind of customizing some of the products uh, slowly, very slowly. Um, but I was just talking to my customers and listening to them and getting feedback from them. And people would come in and say, you know, what's your story? But I always shared my story, even if they didn't ask. You know, I said, well, <laughs> you know me. I'm going to tell you whether you want to or not. I, I might even show you a rash here or there. I, I actually have you on the Stop. Facebook Live showing your rash. Somewhere. That's right. Yes. Because you so- make it easy, though, in all fairness. Deanna has this warm spirit of, um, well, let's just let's just figure this out. Let's work together, which I think um, probably drew those initial customers to you, right? Absolutely. And that's it is that, you know, I'm really not shy when it comes to talking to people. Having a nursing background definitely helps because, you know, I have been, um, you know, intimate with with human beings in a very delicate Mm. setting and situation. So that takes some apprehension away, especially, you know, when you're when you're in a sales environment, you know, you might be a little nervous to get in someone's space or something like that. So uh, fortunately for me, I had a really great background in nursing and I was very comfortable speaking with clients about, um, about the, the products. And, you know, I, I didn't have this great big, you know, huge concept when I started it, the evolution of my business really was from listening to customer feedback. And the more I heard the customer feedback, the more I realized there were so many people like myself out there that, that connected to my story yeah. and that understood, you know, that I was on a mission and that, you know, there, that I was solving a problem. And I really realized that, okay, here's the problem, solve the problem. What do I have that solves the problem? Well, I think what's so interesting with your story is, so that's 2009. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, she's being a little modest. She also, before she took that store, she's actually was out at farmer's markets on the, on her time off on the weekend, selling her initial soap line. And yes. still to this day, your number one bestseller is the one you came up with to solve the problem that your daughter and you had, right? Yes. And that's the thing is that, um, you know, when I started, I had all of these products. I had, you know, probably 50 different soaps and and I kept coming back to the same product that that was getting the most feedback. And I said, OK, how am I going to build my business? I'm going to take one concept and, and one product. And I'm going to make that our rock star. I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to move it. And we have, you know, like I said, right now we have about 400 of our own branded products, but our unscented sea salt soap. And and we've done a couple of branches off of that with an eczema soap now, but that has really, I've, I've stayed true to the brand. I've stayed true to the product. That's my workhorse. And that, that's the bar that really built my business. Yeah, I think that's really important. And and to your point, um, still listening to them and knowing that. And, you know, it's a family business with you. Um, your fixtures uh, aren't something that you went down and had custom built by somebody in some fancy uh, Soho region. You had it <laughs> built by fancy uh, people in the South, right? Yeah, that would be my fancy cousins and uncles and stuff. <laughs> Not. Um, they have some business where they go and tear down barns in the area that my family has been living in, in Georgia for about 200 years. And, uh, they, they tear down old barns and they they made, started making fixtures and furniture. So I kind of 
enlisted them to help me and started designing some of my fixtures and furnitures with the help of family. So um, that's been really fun, except that some of those fixtures, um, just uh, like one shelving unit weighs about 800 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks great. That's all that matters. It looks great. It's just that wherever you put it, that's where it's going to stay. Yeah. But it also prevents the retail staff from doing floor moves without permission. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, the other thing that I notice about you also is that, you know, you're, you are this beachy type of a boutique with the kind of driftwood, the, the, the weathered barn. Um, it's a real authentic um, West Florida brand, which is interesting because you really are only on the West side of Florida at this point, right? You're, that is being true, the look of your, of your stores, correct? Yeah, the stores are very coastal. And I'm a native Floridian, and those are my roots. I grew up on the beach here, and that's where I learned how to damage my skin um, <laughs> well. Uh, so now, I use sun lamps, so that was mine. So, oh, yeah, brutal, absolutely brutal. You know, and I grew up in the 70s and 80s where we used to just bake our skin with baby oil and, and, right. and olive oil and iodine and, and the most, you know, awful things that we could put on our skin and blister and peel. So, yeah, I had a lot of great experience in Florida growing up, um, just, you know, brutalizing my skin. And now in my late 40s, I'm, you know, in, in my second lifetime trying to repair all that damage. I like that. Others. But yeah, the stores have a really, um, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's choosing something to focus um, I go into a lot of retail stores and there's really isn't like a theme or there isn't, you know, something that you can kind of gravitate to. A lot of our, most of our locations are in high tourist traffic areas. So we try to make it uh, to where it has that local appeal to each location. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple that are in some downtown historic districts. So we take some, you know, old Victorian and old Key West elements and incorporate that into the store themes. Uh, we are in the Panhandle now. We have a couple stores up in the Panhandle in Destin and Panama City Beach. And uh, so, we, so we've broken out and we're in Mount Dora, just north of Orlando. And that's an, uh, a very quaint, old, historic oh, district okay. as well. So, but it's, but, you know, I try really hard to give it a little bit of local flavor um, for each store. It doesn't have to be cookie cutter and it doesn't have to be an identical footprint. There just has to be branding elements that are consistent through each store so that your brand is recognizable when they go location to location. Yeah. And I think we get your store really quick and really, which I appreciate. And it's um, not over perfumed and it's not. So there's assault on the senses. You got it's organized really clean and really easy to shop. And um, you know, it all sounds great. And and I'm sure that everything has gone perfect for you. But I <laughs> um I'm curious, you know, what what do you think your biggest challenge has been in the last just three years? And how might you've uh, overcome it? Just the last three, because you've you've been on a growth spurt for quite a while now. I have been on a growth spurt. We added four stores last year. I snuck a few in on you. Um, I know you, you were said you weren't going to add any last year and now you added four. I, Crazy. Well, um, here's the deal. After that, we actually got, we, if you drew a path where Hurricane Irma came through Florida, it, it was basically a swath from Key West up the West Coast to the panhandle of every Naples Soap Company location. So, so we wow. got by a hurricane we lost a store in key west we had two feet of water in that store the day before the hurricane came um and that's always fun watching that on cameras when your staff has been evacuated and you're watching water rise and then we have a location that's on the water here in naples florida and that building was damaged so we opened their backup location in naples florida because we are naples soap company and we need to have a flagship 
So not only did you open these backups, but then you kept them open. Yeah, we're doing really well with our store on Fifth Avenue. Um, the, I, the, the funny part is, is me calling my commercial realtor the day, the morning after the hurricane and saying, Jay, I need keys to get in this store. Um, can you get me in? And he said, you, you do realize we just got hit by a hurricane, you relentless, <laughs> evil retail woman. <laughs> and you said, that's right. I don't want my competitor to get there. Yeah, I said, Jay, there's going to be a scramble for space and I need this space. That just happened last fall as far as our situation. But I honestly would say over the last three years, Bob, I would staffing is a really huge challenge for us. And, you know, I, I have this discussion with so many people about trying to find good people that have work ethic and that are consistent and reliable and trustworthy. Um, so this, you know, we have a, a, a very large people problem in this country. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. And, and this has been a, a consistent, uh, one of the ways that I have tried to improve that situation for us is I actually hired an excellent uh, vice president of HR and she's been doing a phenomenal job helping us screen, helping us uh, edit out and change our job descriptions and how we're posting and how we're hiring. Good. What do you think the best advice you've ever received was, ever received? I, I think the best advice I ever received because I, I'm a racehorse is um, sometimes the best decision you make is not to do anything. Well, that's so, going to be hard for you. That's a tough <laughs> one. Honestly, especially if you're someone like me that is addicted to growth. Sometimes it's okay to stay still. Sometimes it's, you know, this person was really talking about perfecting systems, getting things tightened up and getting everything flowing like a well-oiled sewing machine and uh, we've had a lot of growth and you know sometimes the the best move and the best decision is the one that you you did i want you to think uh, so there you are you're with your girlfriend your buddy uh, guy or girlfriend doesn't matter you've known him for a while and they tell you i'm thinking i'm gonna open a retail store because i've always wanted to do this what do you what would you tell a friend over Starbucks that was uh, looking to get into it. Uh, interesting, because I just had this conversation with someone last week. Number one, concept. You really need a solid concept and a theme for what type of product or services that you're going to do in, in that retail store. Um, and location. I have a real estate background, which I apply every day. Location, 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 location. Just because you have a fantastic concept, if you have a cruddy location, doesn't mean if you build it, they will come. Um, I'm a huge believer in mass amounts of foot traffic. Everything that I have is um, placed in high tourist traffic areas or high foot count areas. So, you know, it's retail, it's a numbers game, and you need the bodies to make the numbers. And what if they say, I want to keep my other job and I'll just hire someone to uh, run it? Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> that's good luck. With that. <laughs> Love with that. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. I mean, if you're really, truly, if you're a good retail owner, you're involved. You're in your stores. You're on the floor. You know what's happening. You're eat, sleeping, and breathing. Uh, what's going on with your employees? What's going on with your customers? Mm. With your merchandise mix, your inventory management. You know, there's so many aspects. This is not a part-time job. Not unless you really want to lose your savings and, yeah. and backside. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, you know, the I think that's the thing that I find that people kind of say, well, you know, it used to be easier. It's like, no, it didn't really used to be easier. It's always been hard to compete in retail. I just think we're more aware of everything now. In the old days, you didn't know that somebody was going down. 
the road to a shop somewhere else because there was nowhere down the road like you. And now, let's face it, there's an awful lot of people that are selling an awful lot of things that are a lot like everybody else's. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things I've seen that has really changed that idea of endless aisle in a lot of ways is kind of shut people down. I think we go into a store that has 150 pair of shoes and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't come to work today. Just narrow it down. What's the best thing? Right. We don't want to have all of that kind of. But what's changed about the way you thought about retail? I mean, you've been in it now nine, ten years. What, what, um, what well, do you think? I think um, just like a lot of other retail that's evolving, you know, uh, we focus on experience. It's not just put a fabulous product out and make it pretty. You have to have a complete customer experience. Um, and a, a lot of other retailers are going in the same direction. Um, but it, it, it's about service. I don't think traditional retail will ever go away because I, I'm one of those people that, yes, I will order things on Amazon. I'll order things online sure. for convenience. But there are things that I want to touch. I want to see. I want to feel it. I want to smell. And guess what? Especially in my model, if I'm on vacation, I'm going to go shopping. It's what I do. <laughs> I pick up trinkets. I'm not ordering things online while I'm on vacation. Well, I might be ordering my groceries right. to deliver at home when I arrive home from vacation from my app, but you know, it's a convenience factor. So you have to realize, you know, am I doing this? Uh, what's my audience appeal? Um, you know, so there's just, there's a lot of evolution in, in retail, but I think if you keep your experience unique, that will help with word of mouth and, the, and also with your social posts and things like that. Um, it's just that very unique guest experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you know, you're a, you're like me, you're a driver. We just run and run and run and run and run. But when you feel overwhelmed or you're, you know, you've lost your focus temporarily or, or, you know, something is kind of not right. What do you do? You know, oh, that's I'm one of the things we, I get people I on my Facebook videos. They're saying like, you know, how do I, how do I uh, overcome? Uh, I've been doing this for 18 years or how do I motivate myself? And we all have those moments. So what do you do? Like I said, I'm in retail, so I pray. <laughs> um, no, you know what? It is, it's really tough for us because especially in retail, we're open long hours. We're open seven days a week, uh, and it's, it's a constant machine that needs to be fed. Mm. Um, so that is a really big challenge for those of us that work in it and that, that own retail is to, to create some type of work-life balance. Um, and I personally have gotten to where I drop my personal time on my calendar. It sounds so simplistic, but before I would have all these appointments every week, this, and I got to do this and this and meet with the marketing company, meet with it. Da, 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 da. But I realized that my personal battery recharging wasn't happening and I wasn't setting those, that time and priority for myself. And yeah. that was the most important time because if you're burnt out and you're tired and exhausted, you can't be creative. You can't make good decisions. You know, you, you, you get stale and flat with your affect when it comes to your business. So yeah. I just started dropping those appointments for my self-care on my calendar and blocking out the time. And, and my staff knows, Hey, she's not available right now. Or, um, I try to take like an every other Friday off and, uh, spend time with my family by the pool or something like that. So really carving, you know, it's difficult to carve out that time. That's a great point because I think entrepreneurs, we are always available. Correct.
started, right? You'd do anything. If I told you, you know, you, you might get a, a, a mention on the local TV show, but you have to be down there at 5 a.m. Great, I'm down there. But to your point, if everything gets equal billing and it's always being on that uh, treadmill, it makes it awfully hard to really bring that fresh spirit of, oh, gee, what's next, right? It's like, oh, my God, what's next? And I think that's how people get bitter. That's how people stop trying. They do. And the exhaustion, you know, especially if you're a, a smaller business owner and, and an individual retail owner, it's a lot of weight. It's a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Um, you know, we're always uh, competing against those numbers, competing against our LY numbers. And, you know, are we making goal? Are we making budget? You know, there's always pressure on us. And even when we're not in a physical location or our office or out on the floor, our brains are always working, um, and and the the clock is always running for us. So, just giving myself permission to be human again was really big. Yeah. Um, I went for like a racehorse for about seven years, and uh, and realized that the burnout factor was for me was getting very high. And uh, and it's okay to carve out some personal time. Whatever issue, if if something isn't blood, flood, or fire it will probably be there tomorrow. <laughs> is that your mantra? Is that like on a wall somewhere? What is that? Blood, flood, or fire? Blood, flood, or fire. And that's what this, the staff knows that, hey, listen, I'm going to be off at this point. Um, you know the deal. If it's blood, flood, or fire, you can contact me. If not, it's probably something I can deal with tomorrow. And, and I realize that I make much better decisions long-term and short-term um, when my brain is recharging. Nice. And, uh, you know, the name of my podcast is Tell Me Something Good About Retail. So what can you tell me something good about uh, retail? Uh, let's see. Something good. Well, um, I think that what I do appreciate is I, I appreciate that the evolution of what's happening with retail is forcing retailers to be more creative. And I really like that. Mm. Um, I'm a creative person and I love experience and I see that across the board in big box and in small retailers. So something good that's coming out of this retail evolution that we're going through is an increased creativity yeah. and, and an increased end user experience. And I really like that. I, you know, for so many years, we walked into retail, into stores and, the, you know, nobody's in the aisle, nobody's helping you, you know, and the customer experience really lacked. And that's why a lot of these companies have gone under. Um, but now something really good is that it's, it's forcing everyone that is in brick and mortar to be much more engaged. Yeah, I think that's an excellent, that's really an excellent point that, um, both for us as shoppers and as retailers, right? That um, there, it's it's not it's it's not becoming impossible to find a great customer service. Yeah, there's hit or miss, that's for sure. But um, the ones who seem to be winning it, you know, yeah, some people are going to do it, and they think the answer is just going to be technology. Some people think that the answer is going to be um, people. I think it's probably a mix of both. But it certainly isn't just about product. Because nobody needs, you know, I'm, I'm a writer and I was taking my writing courses in, uh, in Los Angeles in the January and February. And my uh, writing uh, guru said, your story is boring. Everybody's got a story. It's how you write it. And it's kind of the same thing in retail, I think. You know, your product is boring. But how do you make it in such a way 
that people, it resonates with them. So in your case, you're authentic. You've got a story. I think you hire people that are um, more of uh, being of service than of standing ar around. And I think that certainly makes it a great time to um, be more creative in how you touch those people with an open heart. Yes? Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And, and it's forcing us to be more original. It's forcing mm. us to be more original with our sales pitch. It's forcing us to be more original with our, with our content, how we're, we are delivering the message on the product to customers because customers are educated. And they, they know they can get on their phone and while they're standing right in front of you, they can research what they're saying, call you out on it. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, in the long run, it is going, what's happening in, in retail is going to squeeze and force a much better interaction uh, for the customer and for the retailer. And yeah. it, even though it seems painful at the moment, there really is a, a great evolution happening right now. I love that. That's, that's an excellent point, Deanna. Well, what's ahead for you? Anything else? Our final uh, moments here? Are, are you opening uh, 20 more stores? Are you uh, doubling down and not opening anything? What are, you, uh, what are you most excited about working on the rest of this year? Uh, the rest of this year, um, we are actually installing new POS systems and upgrading all of our, which is incredibly painful, uh, as you know. <laughs> That's a nightmare unto itself, but um, we are putting all the infrastructure in so that we can get, we're at 11 stores. Our goal um, for the next five years is to reach 25 stores. And so we're putting all the framework and infrastructure in place to do that. So this Great. year we're playing a little bit of catch up um, from the hurricane and also just putting the underpinnings in so that as we do grow, we, we have the ability to do it kind of seamlessly. Excellent. Well, I think that's a great place for us to end. The idea that data is everything. Without data, you're just flying by the seat of your pants. And that's certainly not a way you get to uh, 11 stores. So thank you very much for joining us today, Deanna. Thanks for having me on, Bob. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Tune in next time when I'm speaking with Brian Travilla, Regional and District Manager at Petco, to talk about how to have those uncomfortable conversations about attitude what works to get employees to succeed, and his trajectory from being at Montgomery Ward when he was in high school to being responsible for about a 1,000 people today. No matter what size of retail operation you are, you won't want to miss it. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Please share the love and tell your friends to subscribe as I engage retailers to share their tips for growing your retail business. Find out more about me at RetailDoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. While you're there, you can find a transcript of this podcast. You can send an email to me at Bob at RetailDoc.com to tell me what you thought of this episode. And or you can leave a comment and share your experience right here as it relates to what we were talking about today. Again, I hope you'll tune in for another episode and good selling.